0: Guess what Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com/support.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark
2: Clare. All
0: right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to skip the usual intro because I, I'm just not feeling it today. I just want to get right to my guests, my crew, my lions of liberty, starting with... Why don't we start with Rico? Why don't we start with Rico? I don't think I've ever brought in Rico first. Rico from Cleveland, Ohio. Our personal, our, personal, our private, our, our uh, legal counsel.
2: I'm going to make an embarrassing admission today. Please do. I've Please been do. watching a lot of Sean Hannity lately, and I can't get enough. It's it's great. It makes me like a, we've got our cold open, a neocon of liberty. Every show, just because I delight in, in all this um, nonsense with uh, gate or whatever you call it, and every show, it's like breaking news. And it's not breaking at all. It's stuff we've been reading about the entire day. But it's same I, news, yeah, and it's nothing, no new materials. But he sells it so well, it's like, oh, we got brand new information. No, not really, but I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just like the open. So.
0: Somebody call Sean Hannity. I'll never forget that fucking debate. With Donald Trump. <laughs> Wait,
2: what did he <sighs> say that? He, the, the debate where he
0: just kept saying, Hey, Sean Hannity knows. I told Sean Hannity I was against the. Someone just call Sean Hannity. He said it like 10 times. It was the cold open of one of our, our libertarians <laughs> and back in the living room drinking liquors back today. I had day.
3: numerous conversations with Sean Hannity at Fox. Sean Hannity said very strongly to me and other people, he's willing to say, but nobody wants to call him,
2: but nobody calls Sean Hannity. If somebody would call up Sean Hannity. By the
0: way, this is, of course, Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor, where I gather a few of my fellow Lions of Liberty. We drink some booze. We talk liberty. We have no script. We have no plan. But I will tell you that it's episode 334. It's only important because you're going to need the show notes because I'm going to re-listen to this when I'm sober and write them up and link to everything we mention over at lionsofliberty.com slash 334. Before I move on to my other guest, Rico, uh, what are you
2: drinking? Anything? I'm drinking some Yingling. Something. Just throwing a all change up. Right. A little unusual for me. I don't know why
0: I said, all right. I don't like yangling. I'm just glad you're drinking it. I don't really
2: either, but I've heard Odie talk about it so much, and I haven't wow. had it in quite some time. And then I remembered I didn't like it in college. So, fucking. I don't
0: think I ever liked it. I think I pretended to at one point just because I wanted to feel fit to fit in. We had wow. to. When but we I'm, were I'm, I'm too old for that.
2: The alumni would yell at yeah. us if we didn't like gangling. like or some kind of defense.
0: You try try rushing a fraternity in Pennsylvania with, and acting like you don't like
2: yangling. <laughs> Good Screw luck.
0: It. Good luck with the ladies, pal. All right, moving along. Speaking of, uh, well, everybody that's coming on is in a fraternity or, or wasn't a fraternity. I don't know how, how people define that. Some people are in it for life. Some people are like, I'm in it for four years and then uh, I don't care, but whatever. We're somewhere in the middle. But anyway, he is the godfather. He is the man who first introduced me to the ideas of liberty by giving me a Harry Brown book telling me that Ron Paul existed. He is Howie Snowden from Leesburg, Virginia.
3: Yep, and unlike you heathen Connecticut I, what's someone from Connecticut called in Ohio? Connecticutian.
2: <laughs> I made that up. Uh, People from Connecticut are not dislike. called Ohioans. But. <laughs> I'm,
3: a tr- I'm a true Pennsylvanian, proud of the Eagles. I love me some yingling, though I'm not drinking it tonight. I've got, Andrea got this awesome beer. It's from the Aslan Beer Company. It's a local Asland
0: beer, beer Company?
3: That's what I thought it was called at first. It was <laughs> Aslan, like A-S-L-I-N. I was like, Asland? What?
0: Like the lion? Is that the, co- isn't that the lion from, oh, hey, there he is.
3: Yeah. This is uh cocoa may Palm. It's uh, Imperial stout with maple syrup, ten percent alcohol. It's excellent.
0: Ten percent? Uh oh. Watch out for how long how long have you been drinking, out I know.
3: I just this is I just cracked the first one of while we were trying to get set up, so I've just been drinking okay. for about ten
0: minutes. Oh, you should be okay yeah. for at least another five minutes, I think.
3: I I waited when I saw that ten percent. I'm like, I better hold
0: off on that. Yeah, those those high percentage beers, they are they are dangerous and fun. Moving along, JB, we heard him comment about. So is that is that actually based on Aslan from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Is there like a picture of a lion on it?
3: No, Uh, I have no idea. All I know is it's like eight dollars
0: a can. All right. Well, the man with the Lion, Witch, (laughs) and the Wardrobe reference there, JB Lubin from the brother, the brother, the the city of brotherly love.
1: Hey, was not a racial, that was not a racial comment, JB. Oh, no. put that out there. I, I know that's what my city's called. I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> it's not brotherly love. It's brotherly love. Exactly. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good,
0: and I, I guess I would ask you what you're drinking, but I, I, I have some insider information from our Liberty email chain that you are actually... I don't even know. I was covering this uh, at work today, so like twelve hours ago. So uh, you have probably been drinking for quite some time. I'm amazed you're even on the show. Tell us about your day a little bit. Don't just tell us what you're drinking now. I want to hear about all your adventures. I'll give you mm, 40 minutes, and then we'll do liberty for 10 at the end. How about that?
1: Well, I don't need 40 minutes. I don't even know if I need 40 seconds. I just went to uh, (laughs) the Eagles Super Bowl parade today instead of working, which I normally do on a Thursday. Uh, It was a great time. I, you know, I had a Few libations and cheered on the team, even though I'm actually a Jets fan. Originally from New York, in case no one knew, because I'm always introduced as being from Philly.
0: I'm right. really yeah. a, when I say from, yes. none of us are from the places other than Rico. He's from Ohio, like legitimately. None of us that I ever introduce are from the place that they are at. We all well, have my lives. John is from. Oh yeah, Odie too. That's true. So yeah, Odie is true. Yeah, Odie and Rico are the John. only OGs. Exactly. The rest of us, um, you know. We grew up and moved on.
1: Yeah, free wheelers, you know. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, country, in we take us wherever. Th-
1: I, I didn't say I'd anything love, like that.
3: I'd love to live and move back to Scranton, but there's no jobs.
1: Yeah, and I, I really not, just moved like two and a half yeah. hours down the turnpike, so it's not much of a grand excursion on my part. Isn't
0: Trump bringing them back? No, they're not. They haven't reopened the steel mills in old in old Scranton. I don't know. I
3: I don't think I'm cut out for being a coal miner, so.
0: I, <laughs> I when I picture Howie as a coal miner, I just picture Derek Zoolander.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, really? I, I see it right now.
0: <laughs> I think I've got the back <laughs> lung. Actually,
3: so there's a, a Wegman's in Scranton, and they're, they have like these like old timey pictures, and there's one of like a bunch of people working in a coal mine, and the one dude looks exactly like me. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a time traveler or something went back in the past.
0: It's like the end of mines. The Shining when you see Jack Nicholson like <laughs> 60 years earlier.
3: I hope that's not my future. I hope I'm not going to go back in time and work in a coal mine. It's your uh,
0: past, Howie. It's your past. We'll see. Time is coming gone. So uh, we normally have no script, but this, I think we've got, gone above and beyond today on having Literally no plan whatsoever because I've had a hectic month or so. Uh, I know not, uh, we're all pretty busy in life, except Rico. He's just like looking up flat Earth videos or something. But uh, you know we're, I, we're mostly busy. And uh, what were you going to say, Howie?
3: I, I'd actually like to hear what. So Rico's been watching all the Sean Hannity about the. Yeah, let's get Eisenhower, more. Let's get more of the scandal. Sean Hannity. I agree. So, let's so, hear, let's hear so more Rico, about this. Rico, what have what have what's the breaking news? What's been going on? What's like the the latest in the scandal?
2: Well,
0: hey, by the way. By the way, we, we skipped a couple of things. <laughs> I'm drinking vodka and cranberry, because it's the only drink in my new house that I just moved into. The two items of alcohol I had. And uh, JB, I don't know if we got to what you're actually drinking at the moment, either.
1: Yeah. No yingling for me, though, but I have to chime in that lager is excellent. It's like the greatest, cheapest beer you can get. Uh, but okay. I am drinking a Pennsylvania beer from Philly. Yards, Love Stout, really good. Highly recommend it.
0: All right. free Free plug for those guys. Anyway. Rico Sean Hannity, let's hear about it.
2: <laughs> um, well, generally they spend the first two minutes talking about everyone's hair. I'm not lying. They'll debate who has better hair between him and Tucker Carlson. So they, they like to wait. They like to ha- between they, Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson. Yeah, they like to open their show with some playful banter. Or uh, it's actually wait, are they on
0: the same show?
2: No, no. They they like lead into each other. You know. Target oh, Carlson I see. So, like, aid, Tucker tosses it. And they're to, like, we're tossing it to Sean Hannity. And more like gotcha. Sean Hannity, and I think it's Laura Ingram um, who's after him. I don't know. This is ri- ridiculous that I know this because I haven't watched Fox News since 2000 when I was full-on GW fan, which also embarrassing. um but I just like I was so happy with all this FISA stuff. Well, and now on.
0: you're a full-on Sean Hannity fan. So it's really <laughs> I just
2: I just have to listen to it because it it makes me so happy. <laughs> How crooked they are. <laughs> I just delight in it. And no one delights in crooked Democrats more than Sean Hannity. So it's like we're we're peers in this even though he doesn't know it. So <laughs> But there's nothing new, nothing developing even though every every show uh, opens with breaking news and you know, uh, FISA, and it's all the you know everything. And
0: seven-second already... graphic that's like <laughs> 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 breaking news. <laughs> There's <laughs> missiles flying across the screen, like oh, the end of the world's coming. Let's do this. It was like oh, another uh, Democrat said something about the FISA memo. Yeah, no. I'm pretty. Su-
3: right. I'm pretty sure anything he's talking about would be breaking news to any Democrat that has no idea about any of the stuff that's been going on.
0: Yeah, everything. Is breaking news to everybody. Nobody, and I'm not trying to exclude us. I mean, we all we all seek out things that sort of even like subconsciously that that back up our point of view. You see an article headline, and it let's let's say it's about marijuana legalization, and I'm already for in for that. I'm more likely to read that article and more likely to share it. It's just like a natural human instinct. But there does seem to be. <laughs> an extreme detachment and again I am in a different situation from you guys. I live out here in on the left coast. I live out here where most of my friends are somewhere between rationally liberal but not really and full on we repeat everything that CNN says every single day. Mostly that though. And there just seems to be no it's like every single day when I'm at work I hear somebody go, "Oh my god, did you hear?" and then it's just like whatever the democratic talking point of the day about uh, you know Donald Trump said this to this guy, and that means that he's being impeached in two weeks. And and this has been going on for a year now, and nothing has changed. I mean, at no point... Do, and the sad thing about this is there's so much legitimate if, – if the left wanted to be the left, wanted to be the anti-war, pro-civil liberties left, there's so much they could legitimately attack Donald Trump on because that's the area he's weakest. Foreign policy, uh, the war on drugs, civil liberties, the stuff where the left is supposed to be the strongest, the stuff that's supposed to be their bread and butter, they ignore all of it. They don't give a shit about that stuff. They only care about whatever the scandal of the day that makes Trump look bad because Russia, because whatever. It's all about this identity politics. It's all about... Trump makes me angry. His hair is fucking white and is blowing in the wind. And that's way more important than all the things that we're supposed to fucking stand for. It's just – and I can't say any of this because I'm not about to flip out on my coworkers. It's just not good form. But I hear this everywhere. Coworkers, friends. I mean this is – this podcast is my safe space right now. This is the only place I can say these things and not just be – taken as a uh, a Sean Hannity—well, I mean, uh, look who I'm associating with, the, the Sean Hannity lover, Rico, so maybe <laughs> I will be known as a Sean Hannity lover, but a Sean Hannity—they always default to, oh, well, you're just a Trump supporter. I'm like, no, I don't even—I don't agree with, like, 2% of his policies. Well, maybe 2%. I definitely agree with probably 2%, but, you know, I agree with Obama's 2%. It's not about that. I'm against every president, and I've been consistently against every president to all my friends for as long as I've talked about politics, but it's everyone else who shifts— in the wind, based on he, not based on policy though, not based on policy. you
3: even against Grover Cleveland.
0: <laughs> I know you love it. Didn't he die in like a week <laughs> or something? No, he died what, on my birthday. Which one died in a week? He died on your birthday, oh, McKinley? Yeah. Maybe That's
3: mentioned. not what, It's not why I like him. It's just odd. Was it McKinley <laughs> yeah. who died
1: in like a week? I yeah. thought he died in a bathtub. Cleveland's. I, I, so. th- I just said Cleveland's yeah, like I knew. Only,
3: Cleveland served t- uh, non-consecutive terms. So now when they were leaving, when they lost the election, uh, after the first one, his wife told like the help, like, don't move any of the furniture. We'll be back in four years. And they were. But uh, anyways, I'm not a Hannity fan. I've actually was so pissed that he was in the Atlas Shrugged movie. It totally ruined the whole thing for me. <laughs> but... Mark, I feel your pain. I don't live on the left coast, but I talk to my mom every day. And so today was the, can you believe Trump wants to have this military parade, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what, mom? Yeah, I don't think they should do it either. But really, who cares? I'm like, how about let's be upset about the troops still in Iraq and Afghanistan? Like, Can we get upset about like something that actually matters?
2: Do you think he's just thinking At least, of mean, ideas that... Well, yeah, he definitely is. I'm, an- I'm answering my own question. But just what he wakes up in the middle of the night, he's like, I know it's going to piss him off really
0: bad. Exactly. That's 100% what is happening. Yeah,
3: I, I would bet you like 100 bucks there's not going to be a parade with like tanks
0: going down well it's already been scaled back this is classic trump he starts with something bold and outrageous and then it you know it pisses off his opponents because they're just waiting for something to pounce on at all times and look i don't want a military parade actually i do i i, I want to take a side note I, lo- I love the spin a lot of libertarians and anti-war people have been taking i've seen this for a few people i wish i could name them all i know i thought saw thaddeus russell say something to this effect and I, i've seen other people say it i, I don't know off the top of my head who they are, but the idea of I'm I'm all for a military parade for the troops when we bring them all home. Like spinning spinning a Trump thing into a really a leftist position in a way uh, of, of being anti-war and bringing troops home and, and spinning things that way. But anyway, yes, he definitely sits around and thinks of what will infuriate people. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he'd love a military parade where they're all, you know, there's tanks to the street and they're all saluting him. But I don't think that... Is his end goal, I think his end goal, is to, as always, same thing with the national anthem stuff with the NFL, inflame the left so they're so hyperbolic that his base has cannot possibly identify with, with being against him ever. So it distracts from the policies, it distracts from everything, but it makes the left so insane that... And when I say his base, I really just mean like normal people that aren't insane. I mean, like the people that voted for Trump. A lot of those were Obama voters. A lot of those were Bernie Sanders primary voters. It's not like they're hardcore Republicans necessarily. A lot of them are, of course, but it's really he's so good at inflaming the opposition to completely distract from the issues and to ensure to shore up his base and the, and the people that are and keep the opposition sidelined, keep them sitting on their fucking hands at the State of the Union, like Brian went into on ELL and and. Not even clapping or anything when when Trump is you know applauding uh, black uh, black employment or what have you I'll, and uh, you know, he's, he's about to he's about to possibly make a deal to make eighteen million illegal people that are currently here legal eighteen million you're not, not going to see that's what I saw in the the deal that was being proposed with, that they were discussing with Schumer was uh, that, that's kind of been put on the back burner. All right. Well, shit, whatever. It's still a lot. It's a lot.
3: It's, all, the only number I know is it's three times as many as Obama because that's what he keeps saying. There you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's just he's just he's masterful. It's it's like if you just list me Trump's policies, some of them are good, some of them are bad. But watching him just just sweep the floor uh, rhetorically with people and get the exact reaction, you know, he wants. It's it's something incredible to watch.
3: And now I I don't want the wall, but I thought for sure after the last shutdown and everything happened, when he's saying I'm offering three times as many uh, illegals amnesty, and but I need the wall, we need to do something for security. I thought for sure he was going to get the goddamn wall, but now it looks like they just they're agreeing to some spending deal. Of course, we all knew that was coming. It's going to be like three hundred billion more than normal, but I I don't think there's a wall involved. I'm shocked to shit that I I thought for sure. This was like a master play, and you get his wall. All water. Trump Not wants I is
0: one panel, one, one three foot section of a wall, that he and a new fortified area that he can take a picture of and post on Twitter and be like, wall. That's all he needs. He doesn't, you know. It's never going to be a full wall extending along the border. There's already a border fence that was approved in 2005 or something under Bush and um, funded somewhat under Obama. It just needed more funding, and that's all that's going to happen. If anything, that gets a little more funding for fortification, and Trump might literally take a picture himself and post it on Instagram, and he'll be fine with that because it's all about the visual idea of I'm trying to secure the country. It has nothing to do with reality, obviously. I think we all. I think even Trump uh, proponents. Opponents have to agree with that at some point uh it, it's about his masterful use of rhetoric and bold language to get the exact reaction he wants and he gets it every time it's really incredible no wonder he's president i i, re- I really
3: enjoy it until i remember how much more like the militarism is being ramped up i i heard i think the civilian deaths are up i forget if it was like a hundred or three hundred percent or something we're running out of bombs like they're Factories are trying to pump them out like crazy because we're expending so many more bombs, like in all these war efforts. It's—that sucks. He uh, is—a lot of what he does, I like, and a lot of what he does makes me laugh so hard. But Jesus Christ, this is the most important thing. And if the fucking left were attacking on that, peace is popular. Everybody votes for the peace candidate. People— Compared to Hillary, thought Trump was people thought Obama was George Bush campaigned on a humble foreign policy, no nation building or intervention, and he won. It's like, f- god damn it, peace is popular. Can someone like run on it and mean it and do it? And can we stop killing people all over the world and bring our troops home and stop asking them to rif- risk their lives for bullshit? So I had
2: a, I'd have a I, then. I had a thought about this um, when you're talking about a peace candidate. Obviously, we think of Ron Paul, but. If Ron Paul happened to win, don't you think that he would have been smeared the same way with the Russia bullshit? And I think he would have been far less effective combating it than Trump is, because he was he was on you know Russia today all the time, and you know there's no doubt he would if he was the Republican candidate, he would have said, oh you know we don't need to be um, in a cold war with Russia, we should be normalizing relations. So if he won, Clinton would have done the same thing. And they would have been attacking him, and clearly many parts of the deep state would not have uh, cared for a, a peace president like Ron Paul. So I think they would have been smearing him the same way to try to get him out. But I, I don't th- think he's tactically there with Trump to kind of combat well, it, but uh, I don't know. Just a- as,
3: as soon as you said that, I agreed with you, but now the more I think of it, I could see him going out and doing like a, like a national address and just – you can tell he's honest and he means what he fucking says when he says it. I kind of, I don't know. He might be able to attack it in a different way just by being open, totally transparent, releasing so much information, showing us what's really going on and has been going on. I mean, sure, he'll probably get killed if he does that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good point. He, they would, They're would, they going to sabotage anyone that tries to do this. The military industrial complex and everything has so much invested in riding on it, just like making people filthy rich that... It's going to be a hard fight for all of us.
2: It would be yeah, great to. No, dis- J- oh, sorry. There you are.
0: Go ahead. Wait, no. I, I we got to let JB talk. Yeah,
1: because he's going to say that peace isn't really good for anyone's bottom line, which is why you know they give a lot of lip service to peace during the election campaign, but ultimately, you know, the military-industrial complex, as you brought up, you know, pays all the bills and they get what they want. It's pretty peace much is very effective. Yeah,
0: like it's very effective in campaigns literally Ron Paul said this a million times and he's right when it when it comes come down to when it comes down to the last two candidates the more peace candidate has won every time in my lifetime every time it's all it's all relative. Sometimes it's close, you know. I don't think George H.W. W. Bush versus Clinton was a big difference, even in rhetoric. Uh, but kind of. I mean, but you know, both Bushes ran on being a little, at least slightly more restrained in foreign policy. A lot of times, the differences aren't stark uh, yeah, when it comes to presidential I not being much
1: of a war hawk. But I was uh, right. I was younger in that. What was that? Two thousand.
0: I don't know if Gore was, but he so, – so he was tied in with Clinton, and he supported Clinton's uh, policy of bombing uh, Bosnia and that whole situation. And Bush was critical of it, and he's, he spoke in his campaign uh, very much against foreign intervention and against nation-building. So in that one, I think it was actually fairly – not maybe not a huge difference. It's not like um, – I think the difference was starker with Kerry and Bush and, and rhetoric, but there was still a difference there.
3: Hey, something I learned today.
0: Listen to this. But Kerry didn't win, so maybe that's wrong. But yeah, go ahead. I thought that
3: thinking about presidents of my lifetime, I thought Carter was pretty pro peace, but I found out today that apparently he gave the nod to uh, Saddam Hussein to like, yeah, you could go ahead and uh, attack Iran. No probs. I was like, holy shit, Carter. No probs, Saddam.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, Carter was the only one I could actually think of as being a peace president in like the recent in our recent history but now you just blew that all up
2: Is carter the only ex-president who's not super rich
3: he probably is he's not
1: <laughs> i don't know he's richer I, than I, mean, I am for sure <laughs> i've never thought about it
2: because every other one i mean obviously the clintons are the bushes are um well and that's the only ones that are alive i guess so <laughs> trump is
1: is gerald but ford dead? since i guess he's he's um, dead is he
3: dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's dead.
2: <laughs> if he's alive, he's not very interesting. Clearly. We never talk about him. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be at a lot of events. So
3: I've got to Google this Jimmy Carter net worth. He's got to be
2: rich. He just does the Habitat I mean, for Humanity thing, but I don't know if he's... He's certainly he, uh, not seven,
3: Net worth 7 million.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I'll take that. For him.
3: He's not Nancy Pelosi, Rich. But
2: uh, she did did a great thing for the country today. Her eight hour speech accomplished <laughs> a lot. Did you hear any of it? Uh, I, I I did when I she
3: she talked for eight hours. Uh,
0: I didn't even know Nancy Pelosi
3: gave a speech yeah, or had yeah, ever it, it given a speech the in her life for that House matter. speech since like 1908 uh, about like DACA stuff. It wasn't an actual filibuster. She was just wanted to vent her frustration at, at Trump. But the only thing I heard from her speech was that her like uncle or not her like nephew or something like wishes he was Hispanic.
1: What? That's, that's, can you can yeah, you but, can you explain or you know?
3: All, all the news articles I read like the only like quote I have found about her eight hour speech was that she quoted that you know even her little nephew wishes that, like his one wish was that he was Hispanic.
2: Okay, <laughs> it's not that great nephew of Nancy Pelosi. Let me tell you. From
0: experience. <laughs> her one wish is, is that her nephew is Hispanic. <laughs> no, the nephew wishes. I guess I don't know. I don't know what kind of I'm co- speech. I'm confused. I'm confused yeah. by anyone that wishes anyone was any race. Like I just don't. I don't understand.
3: I mean, she sounds like she has Alzheimer's. Like half the time she's speaking. So I, I could imagine what this eight-hour speech was like.
2: But I thought Ted I Cruz know. spoke for like twenty-three hours. Did that
3: not happen? That or? would be in the summer. yeah. The, but you have the, no limits on your oh, time. Oh, okay.
1: I didn't even think people in the house could speak that long because you can't filibuster in the house, right? There's,
3: it was it wasn't a filibuster. She was just venting. Oh,
2: that's fair it enough. was funny that there, there was someone who was sitting behind her that fell asleep. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I've fallen asleep in movies, so the idea
0: just th- just thinking about Nancy Pelosi talking for eight hours makes me sleepy. So I can't imagine actually sitting and. St- yeah, I will
3: i will say she was nice to us congressional pages though some of the a lot a lot of those democratic congress people were not but she was always nice though i disagree with just about everything she ever stood for
1: well we'll give her that
0: you,
1: i'll give her that but she's a nice I'll person though which is which is good
0: she was yeah, well, yeah props to her for that Being she was not ni- she was nice to howie
3: does she like 78 <laughs> or oh, she's something? nice to
0: you She nice to everybody or maybe she just had the hots for you howie me
2: too. Me, me too. too moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should tweet out Nancy. In, in 1996, Nancy Pelosi l- walked by me and said, hi, hon. How are you doing today? Hashtag me too. I joke, but uh, honestly, the me too thing is it's both good and bad, but it, it's good in the sen- it, to the extent that it outs actual creeps, even if they're not committing crimes. Like, I don't care. I have no problem with people acting creepy, like getting out. Outed and known about it in public and facing whatever consequences consequences come from that. I'm kind of all about that actually. It's it's, it's what libertarians talk about a lot. It's the the, the free market consequences of, of like inappropriate behavior that's not necessarily criminal. Um, but but now I'm afraid that it will be like some behavior like that will become criminal. You know, you'll you'll call whipping out your dick in your own apartment with two girls that voluntarily came there criminal, which it's gross and weird. But if he's not stopping them from leaving. That's obviously not criminal. Talking to you, Louis C.K., you weirdo. But he did—he committed no crime, as far as I can tell. I know this is old news, but I hear about it every day because it seems like every day there's a new accusation of sexual assault. Or and then when you read about it, you're like, well, this wasn't sexual assault. It was just like you know, weird people being creepy. But that's—it's not illegal to be creepy, nor should it be, (laughs) unless creepy involves physically, you know, blocking someone or touching them there's definitely can be a line somewhere and should be but there has to be a line and now it seems like there's not side rant so th- so there was
3: a new uh me too accusations today hitting the libertarian world uh three former employees uh cato Institute. Uh- wait,
0: wait wait hold on hold on cue the breaking news graphic breaking news
3: breaking news we're all trying to figure out earlier who uh julie borowski was alluding to on twitter who is the libertarian that was accused it was um ed crane one of the co-founders of the cato institute
2: i thought it was going to be brian nick williams after his misogynistic emails came to light
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish it was brian <laughs> but yeah, what yeah if i going ha- to
1: say handle? ed crane was pretty underwhelming when, when 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 julie tweeted that i was i was hoping for yeah. someone you know and everyone definitely before.
0: there's no one that didn't immediately go oh mcafee what don't you, you don't you wish did? it was
1: like yeah pretty
0: much
3: Nick <laughs> or like arvin i don't know how to say his last name but whatever
0: <laughs> that would have been
3: great but whatever I, i'm i'm glad it's a, i'm glad it's a cato person because now the mises institute can come back at all the racism charges with oh those sexual harassers
0: <laughs> um let, let's discuss that for a minute if you don't mind why would i care if you mind it um I have mixed feelings on the Arvin Vora thing because, strategically, as you know, a representative of a party, it's it's probably not the why. I don't think it's ever wise to focus on fringe or extremely difficult issues. Um, you know, I think it's best to focus on broad issues that libertarians generally have agreement on. Purely from a strategic standpoint, I'm talking about now: war on drugs, foreign policy, civil liberties. That's the stuff that I think the Libertarian Party and um, politically active libertarians should be broadly discussing for the most part. Um, but when like, I'm not defending Arvin Vora as the uh, vice chair of the Libertarian Party, but I do think that the points he has tried to bring up in his, uh, his diatribes and what have you, are not irrelevant, okay? Just the the idea of, of age of consent laws and how they screw people over. I mean, we've seen so many cases, just just even on this kind of stuff that Odie has brought up on Felony Friday, you have a 19-year-old who gets drunk and makes out with a 17-year-old, and now that 19-year-old is a criminal 20 years later and has to register as a sex offender for the rest of their lives. There's obviously a problem with our system in some place. Now, I don't think an eight-year-old can consent. Walter Block has discussed this on the show before. It's a continuum, and there's not a definitive line that I think humans can necessarily ever come to. So I don't have answers here, but there's a real problem when when people who are very close in age have a consensual act together, and because of some arbitrary line – Now one half of that that consensual, very clearly consensual relationship is criminalized. I saw one where I think the there were like it was like a twenty one and a nineteen year old or twenty six and a nineteen year old. Like definitely no criminal charges. Except there's criminal charges. So me too, and it relates to me too in the sense that the, the further we push the line towards no matter what you do, if, if society sorta of thinks it's sexually inappropriate, it becomes criminal, that gets more and more dangerous to the point that almost anybody could end up in jail or have their life ruined for really doing some normal things. I'm not saying a 21-year-old with a eight-year-old is normal. That should be condemned. A 19-year-old with a 17-year-old uh, that's not that uh, abnormal, and and even if it was a little abnormal, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't ruin the nineteen year old's life for life. And rant again.
3: I, I agree with that, but if you remember, a lot of us wanted Arvin out before this even came up, and even he likes to push buttons. He does technically, technically right. What a shit position to try to attract people to the libertarian party. Yeah, I. That's I agree whatever his uh, some of his ideas. I may disagree with some, um, but. It's less that than if we're trying to, like, grow a movement and make a difference and do something. He's one of the worst absolute people to fucking have in that position.
0: Gentlemen?
1: Well, I wouldn't necessarily... He he might he might be the worst person to have in that position, but I there's don't probably think some of anything people. he's saying. He, <laughs> like, Richard he Spencer the would worst, probably be a worse vice president.
3: <laughs> it doesn't even matter.
1: But it, it, there's Deliberate. definitely other reasons why it's not ideal. It's only because, like... How how much of the stuff that he's saying is really getting out to the general public? I think all he ever does is really rile up other libertarians. Correct.
3: It's irrelevant.
1: I don't think he's having much of an impact on the general populace and their perception of libertarianism. You're right, to because be the Libertarian Party honest.
3: never has and never will, especially on this track. It's been a failure for the forty some years it has been in existence. It's gonna continue down that road. I mean, it's even driving out, like, the great p- people, like, Larry Sharp's dropped out of the LNC. He doesn't want to be a part of this nonsense. It's, I mean, I know Odie wants to, like, work hard, try to reform it, take the power back, whatever, and the good people in the Mises Caucus, but whatever. Y'all pushing a rock up a hill, like, what's his name? Is it Sisyphus or whoever it is? But it's... uh I have Is that what syphilis was named syphilis after? Syphilis is, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> Greek, Greek or Roman dude that pushes the stone. Yeah, the guy that pushes the rock yeah, up the thing, the thing and thing he's falling That's right. back. That's on. what yeah. I think. Trying to save the Libertarian Party is like it's it's a disgrace what what they become. It's I hate it. I don't want it, anything to do with it. I love the philosophy of libertarianism. I love freedom. I cannot stand Libertarian Party.
0: Uh, again though, Howie, if you're going to think about this rationally, like okay, what is the Libertarian Party?
3: Nothing. It's just
0: a group of (laughs) – no, but it's a group of people who join it and then reflect it. So I'm not even saying it's realistic. I'm just saying, rationally speaking, if enough people that think like you take over the Libertarian Party, it will be different. Like, is that not correct?
1: If it's obviously a big it's if, it's not going to happen. But if, there, it could always be just something not what inherent with not what the even party it, system. Even
3: if people like me took it over, it still wouldn't do anything because it's still not. If
0: seventy percent of people that joined the Libertarian Party thought like Howie Snowden, it would obviously be different. The party
3: would be different, but would still probably be right. irrelevant.
0: Oh, I'm not saying it would be relevant. <laughs> I'm just saying. like. <laughs> but would you stop hating not, it? That's the partner. point. Would you stop oh, hating stop. it?
3: Oh, yeah, I would stop hating it then. But, I mean,
0: if we just look at it. Good. So let's make the, more Howie's notice, damn it.
3: Or we could have people like Ron Paul and Rand Paul and Austin Peterson that are running as Republicans and have been getting elected or could be getting elected actually get in Congress or the Senate and make a difference instead of this, like, fringe infighting over ridiculous – ideas when people agree like 99.9% of all this other shit, but we're going to like tear each other apart over this nonsense and do nothing and go nowhere forever. Sorry. I'm just so frustrated with libertarian nonsense. It's
0: don't you ever apologize for ranting on this program? That's exactly why I'm here. <laughs> guys, we're gonna take a break from the ranting and from everything for just a minute. We're actually gonna hear a little advertisement voiced by someone who's not on the show. Mr. Brian McWilliams has a fur few or has a fur has a few words for you,
2: and we'll be right back. Hey guys, you might remember that I recently said that this is the libertarian moment. And that we need more people to stand up and run for office. Now, if you're tired of watching Liberty erode and you plan to stand up and run for office, I want you to call on a team that has over 20 years experience, Global Alliance Communications. They specialize in data analytics, identifying and mobilizing voters. They offer live voter outreach, data acquisition, compliance, recorded messages, text messaging with full social media touch points and teletown halls. Campaigns of all types and sizes are encouraged to reach out, and you can find out more by visiting their website at www.gacigroup.com or email info at gacigroup.com.
0: All right, and we are back here on episode 334 of the Lions of Liberty podcast, and if you're new to the show— well, welcome, first of all. But I want to let you know that this is not the only format of this program. We have many, many formats of the show. I do host this program every single Monday here, the flagship OG Lions of Liberty podcast where I often interview uh, people in the le- leaders in the libertarian movement thought leaders, political leaders that sort of thing but occasionally more often now than before because I'm really I'm really enjoying these so we're going to do them maybe once, sometimes twice a month now uh, Libertarians and Living room Drinking Liquor you're listening to it right now. If you're still listening 35 or so minutes in you're probably enjoying yourself so this is where we shoot the shit, this is where we just see where things go but I often have some f- more formatted shows and then we toss it over everywhere Wednesday to Brian McWilliams. Uh, unfortunately, we don't do a. To- I, we should start doing that. A toss where, uh, like the the Tucker Carlson to Hannity toss, like at the end of, the, of my <laughs> show. I'm like, all right, and now uh, here comes Brian. Well, you definitely. <laughs> he, then you he definitely just, have a better hair it. than Brian. <laughs> That's really where I was leading with this. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can skip the two minute build up, I suppose. Yes, the point being, the, the punchline is yes, Mark, your hair's better. Let's start. <laughs> Be near, 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 that's my rendition of the ELL music. But yes, every Wednesday, Brian McWilliams brings you comedy, culture, and liberty with Electric Liberty Land. And don't forget John Odie Odermat also not present tonight, bringing you his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. So hit that subscribe button, mofos, because you don't want to miss a thing, especially ranting here every single Monday. So what else can we rant about? Before I uh, ask you guys anything about what you want to rant about, because we're halfway through the show or so, and I did ask the Pride this. We got a lot of responses, actually. We're, there's no way in hell we're getting through all the stuff here. But about 40, literally 40 minutes, 42 minutes or so, before 48 minutes, actually, because I posted it in the picture. Uh, I asked the Pride secret Facebook group because our Lions of Liberty Pride members get their own Facebook group separate from our public forum the Lions of Liberty Forum, which any of you can join just by requesting membership. And if you look normal, if you answer the question of where you first heard about Lions of Liberty, you'll get right in there. Have a lot of great conversations in there. So please do come on over. Uh, It's probably, honestly, no joke, one of the most respectful uh, libertarian-minded forums on the internet. Let me just say that. But uh, you can get in the secret Facebook group where you get to ask us questions directly and really influence the show by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride by giving us at least five bucks a month over at support. Be sure to check that out. But I did uh, post out to the Pride. Do you have anything you want us to talk about? Because, like I said... None of us, well, I'm, maybe I'm mostly speaking for myself. We're generally not prepared for the show ever, but I'm really, un- I was really unprepared for today's show. I didn't. Even, I haven't seen the news in weeks. I didn't know Rico was like this deep on the Hannity thing, but we do have a, a lot of uh, suggestions for topics. And, and I, uh, I got first a lot one, of
2: suggestions from yeah. the Sean Hannity Pride too, if we run out of suggestions from <laughs> uh, the Wives of Liberty Pride. So.
0: Are you a <laughs> member of the Sean Hannity Pride or are you oh, yeah. a founder? I'm the in the founder.
2: $100 a month club, so I can get a free FaceTime. Call with them every month. Wait, you
0: give us five a month, and you give Sean and <laughs> Hannity one hundred. Well, you gotta
2: you gotta make tough decisions sometimes. And
0: honestly, know. the fact that you give us five and still are our host is pretty fucking ridiculous too, if you think about it. So whatever, we'll take it. Moving on. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna name. I'm just gonna go down the list. I'm not even gonna mess with this. We're not gonna get to anywhere near all of these things. Maybe we'll have time for a quick pride bonus. I don't know. Uh, but Clint Rankin, good guy, Clint Rankin has been in the Pride for quite some time. And he wants us to talk about drugs, sex, and rock and roll. And that was his first comment with uh, some laughy faces, so maybe that's not 100% serious. But he also wants to talk about Ben Swan being back, memos, and Henry Kissinger's, quote, accomplishments. This is a three-hour show he just laid out for us, so I don't know where we're going to go with it. Uh, JB, just to make sure you're awake, uh, I'll let you take this wherever you want. (laughs) Anything you just heard, if it's interesting to you, talk about it.
1: Well, I I guess drug sex and rock and roll get a thumbs up from me. I think um, we could all thumbs that up. No problem. Yeah, um but I just barely saw something about Ben Swan doing something about crypto. Is that right? No, really I really am not know. up on what Ben he Swan did he's, he's, he's uh, sponsored by him.
2: Mama, didn't he? He's There's...
3: he had this reality talk or what, what was it called?
2: Well, reality check. Reality check. Was- Re- check reality but I mean, his new episode program. was about the the FISA memo. I thought. Yeah,
3: he he does stuff like that. He had a this thing going for a while, but after he did something on Pizzagate, the media company they worked for like had him delete all his social media and stop doing this. And so he was just, he was just like relegated to being like a local news reporter talking about mundane shit. But uh, the cryptocurrency Dash is funding him to go back and do like this investigative reporting type stuff. And so I guess, Riku, you said he's he was reporting on Gate now?
0: He did yeah. a thing on the memo.
3: I saw that.
2: Yeah, it was like five minutes. It wasn't – it was basically um – you know the same kind of rehash that maybe we're just like so into it that everything seems to rehash because we read all those links at like eight o'clock in the morning and then everything <laughs> I, after that seems like yeah i already know all this shit because i just read 20 yeah. news articles i tried to it, keep
3: but. my lions well informed on uh everything that's going on whether it's just rumor or proven
2: so Do you pl- ever play the game with the links like oh this this link is from washington post oh these next three are from Washington and they're always right do you ever do that well, I guess since you're Some, sending the link, the sometimes, you don't really need sometimes
3: because I, I don't know if you guys will click on it, I'll put like who it's from at the end, like because it would be like oh whatever, but I'm like no, this is CNN reporting this. You're like, can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> <Or> like,
2: if <laughs> if it, if there's debunked in um, all caps, I'm like okay, this is either CNN or HuffPo. So I'm I'm right about ninety percent of the time, I think. Yeah. But anyways, I think I. The hijacked whatever thread your guys were going down
3: i right no i think it's great that ben swan is back i'm glad dash is paying for that um there's a lot of i like seeing there's a lot of cryptos like uh zen cash they're uh sponsoring like scott horton show they're scott sponsoring the lava flow you know they're a lot, well,
0: well shit we gotta get sponsored by a cryptocurrency yeah we do <laughs> but this is a great segue to tell people that they can donate if you don't want to join the Pride for whatever silly reason, or you do want to join the Pride. By the way, we have tons of bonus podcasts in the in the Pride, including... We'll probably do at least something after the show. You might, you guys might go on longer. We'll see how long, how much time we have. But we'll always do bonus shows. You get a bunch of them every month. We get conspiracy corners. Rico is the, the expert conspiracy researcher. You need to hear his research and analysis of every conspiracy from the Flat Earth to Waco to et cetera, et cetera, to all of them. Uh, we will have a conspiracy corner in, in, in another week or two. As well as, of course, the League of Liberty podcast where Roger Paxton and Chris Spangle duked it out like – Nothing I've, honestly, I've never felt so awkward just sitting by myself in, in front of a microphone before. But you you gotta, You can only hear this stuff by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. So check it out, lionsofliberty.com slash support. But if you don't want to do that or even if you do want to do that and want to give us even more money via cryptocurrency, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash donate. There's like literally, I think it's like eight cryptocurrencies you can donate to us right now. We have all sorts of wallets set up. I'm pretty sure it's really just so Brian can uh, embezzle funds into like Vegas trips. But you know what? Whatever. We don't need to get into the details. You can donate LTC, Litecoin, SiaCoin, Doge. Uh, I don't even know what BAT is. What is that? What is that? Basic Howie?
3: attention token.
0: Basic attention token. We take that apparently too. I don't even know what it is. That is something. Uh, Bitcoin that you can use,
3: Like, say, uh, YouTube decides to demonetize our show. People can use Bastards. the Brave browser, which blocks advertising, except for when they go to a site like ours. A content creator that registers. They can donate bat to you so that way you can no matter you know you don't have to worry about the YouTubes and the Facebook censoring you and not letting you get ad revenue this way people can block those ads but still contribute to the content creators they support.
0: oh, that sounds quite useful, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's like the kind of thing we could use. I feel like I'm offended that we're not more blocked. To, to be honest, we're we are our, a lot of our stuff is demonetized. I want to get blocked. Why do I never? We got to we got to be more controversial, guys. Got to say some crazy. Did, shit. I want to get outright banned from didn't something? Some of the system
3: down, like stuff or not. Wait, is that Dan's? What's the yeah, system, system is system down? Uh, I was getting confused with the band for a second. But yeah, I think some of his. I uh, do that all the time. Some of his conspiracy stuff might have gotten. I don't know. Maybe I. Well,
0: I, yeah. I mean, he's been demonetized. We've all been demonetized. I mean, it takes nothing to be demonetized now by by YouTube. I mean, if you basically talk about anything but far left politics, you are demonetized. That is apparent. Do they
1: tell you at least what they're demonetizing you for? I don't even they know. They I'm send demonetized. You like an email or something? No, no, oh, no.
0: I I only know I'm demonetized because I go in and just look at our. Um, you look at your video manager and you can see what's demonetized. It used to be like one or two random things, so it's like whatever. I don't know who knows. We had some weird audio in there that they didn't like, but now it's like everything. Like maybe like there's one that's not. So you're like, what did I do wrong there? You know, it's basically everything is demonetized. You can't really, you know, you can um, you can protest it or extend like a filing, but then. It's a it's a weird paradox where you need like ten thousand views on each video, which because we don't even do videos, we're really just posting our audio up there on YouTube. Some people like to use YouTube to listen to podcasts for whatever reason, so we just put it up there for them. And uh, yeah, they they, you know we don't get ten thousand views on that stuff, so uh, you know we can't even we can't even like file we can file it. They're like, cool, thanks for filing, but we can't get an actual manual review of it anyway because we don't have enough views so it's just an endless feedback loop and i don't care i mean our youtube monetization is very minor part of our our revenue but it's more of the principle and and the principle is as many libertarians will say youtube can do whatever they want and they can but you know i'm allowed to bitch about it too and
3: that's why i sent an email trying to get you guys to register as a content creator with uh (laughs) with the basic attention token, so that way people can use the Brave browser and contribute to us in that way. And screw YouTube, and screw Facebook, and all these lefties trying to put us down.
0: Honestly, I missed that one. Let's send it again. I'll send it again. <laughs> it's been a crazy month, man. I get—I see like one out of every ten emails. I'm just like—I just browse them. I'm like, all right, I got the shit to do, and then I move on. That so—that's what's going on with me. <laughs> all right, I guess we should try to get a couple more Pride members in. Or else, Clint is the star. Clint should be the star, though, because Clint Rankin is actually heavily involved in the group. Not involved, just he started the group. Walk the walk, the Facebook group. Walk the walk, which you all must join, and you should also go to the Walk the Walk to Freedom because we uh, he likes to rally libertarian groups, libertarian podcasters and their fans to support different projects on the see app. So we're doing that every month. We've helped out uh, our listener, our good supporter, Daniel Lee, $25 Pride member. I think he was actually our first $25 Pride member. Uh, Daniel Lee, uh, we helped him out when he had some discussion from Houston, as well as his cousins. So uh, And we've also helped out the Cajun Navy. We're a big part of funding the Cajun Navy's operations, which I, I don't know if you guys saw. The Cajun Navy was actually referenced in the, uh, the State of the Union address, which I thought was awesome. I mean, whatever else you think about Trump— I don't know whose idea it was for him to bring that up, but that's awesome. That's awesome that they got those props.
2: Shows entrepreneurial or, um, you know, free it's market. It's not even entrepreneurial.
0: These guys aren't yeah, making it. I know.
2: I, I'm trying to find the word yeah, for. Just, I guess it's okay. called a volunteer. For it. <laughs> I'm a
0: wordsmith. Yeah. <laughs> you might call it. <laughs> yes.
2: You don't need the uh, government to do everything for you to get things done quickly and uh, helpfully. I did notice Damn that skippy. too. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's Clint Rankin. Check out Walk the Walk. Uh, but let's try to get a few more of these topics in. Uh, Austin Wilson brings up. Sorry, you got something to say, Howard? No, I yeah, no,
3: I brought up the uh, North Korea participation. Oh, you're on the, the same Olympics thread. And, yeah. yeah, of course I am. There you go. But uh, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say that's that's awkward. But do people realize that uh, it was back in like the late '80s? North Korea, like a North Korean terrorist, blew up an airliner, killing 115 people on it, trying to block the Seoul Olympic Games.
2: Yeah, I remember. I don't remember. Even, oh, I I even know, even know that. because that, that know.
3: happens. I'm like, man, I hope they don't do some shit at this one. I'm, you know, slightly worried.
1: It's well, they're participating in this one, so it would seem kind of odd if they would try to blow I, it up. I don't know. Right?
3: I, I kind of don't think they would care if they killed some of their own people. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely not. I think it's it's ridiculous what what South South Korea seems so naive to me in this situation, thinking that because they're letting a few North Korean athletes on their team that it's somehow gonna open up a dialogue. North Korea pulls this shit all the time where they act like they're gonna re engage the West or South Korea. And they just string them along, and then they just pull back, and then they do whatever the fuck they want, and they keep doing it over and over and over again. um, We we keep
3: keep giving them the excuse, though. We keep, you know, we're like have an army on their border. We keep practicing every year invading their country and (laughs) destroying their regime. Like if we actually did talk to them and signed a peace treaty and started like moving troops out, I think things could
2: maybe be different.
1: There's what do, no you way. Think, what do you think would happen if we pulled out of the, the DMZ? Everything would just, you know?
2: North Korea would not. Maybe they go. wouldn't invade because it would be a bloody war. But the whole North Korean state is – um, Kim Jong-un is cultivating this cult of personality. What do you think would happen to him if he suddenly allowed modernization – like complete modernization of the society where they get open access to information, free markets – People would learn what a piece of shit he is and what he's done, and he would be murdered. He would yeah. be I, I Gaddafi on think the he'll street.
3: Do, I don't think he'll do that, but <laughs> they won't. No, they'll no longer have the American boogeyman to be like. This is why we have to fight. We're starving because the Americans have sanctions on us. We, they're trying they, to destroy us. We got to toughen up and fight and resist. Like they wouldn't have that. It's like oh, everything that's sucks. That's how they
2: came to power in the first place. So their whole history of that family came to power demonizing america that's how um yeah I've so if what, america, Kim Jong like, it'll, it'll,
3: left them alone and let them just suck on their own and they have no one but the regime to blame i'm just saying do you, think, it, you don't it, think it they, they
2: could i'm sure plant the try. Seed that their suffering is still america even if we did nothing even we send them aid still the west sends them a ton of food And they still blame the West for why people don't have food to eat. Like, they're always going to blame someone else for their problems, whether we're doing anything or not. And it's the way they can justify their own... Yes, they will
3: try to do that, but it'll be a lot harder when we're not there on their border with troops. I mean, people are waking up there. Information's getting in. They're getting, like, cell phones and movies and shit from the South and from China smuggled in. And people are starting to figure it out but you know no one wants to say anything and like end up getting killed it's going to it's going to take a while for enough people to get fed up enough i think and
2: i think it's really going to take people in the upper apparatus to do something for it ever to change because without that then it's no matter how many people get information or cell phones or whatever yeah, it's it, they're, they're going to be scared, too scared i feel like
3: that might be more likely too with the way kim jong un is just killing off high ranking people like it may not be a better life for you just to go along with this. It might be getting too risky to be one of these higher people. It's like, shit, I might be next for no good reason. Apparently, like recently, he got super drunk and he was like raging at them. And He called. He wanted all his generals like in his room, like first thing the next morning. And they all showed up and he was all hung over. And he's just like, what are you guys doing here? What's what's going on? And he did. not Totally didn't remember. like
2: <laughs> about How did it you before. hear this story? I don't
3: I forget. It was in the news. But yeah, he was like, <laughs> he was just drunk and they thought they were in all this trouble and they show up and he's just hung over, doesn't know why they're there. And it's like, fuck, that's got to be tough living like that. It's like, man, I know we have it better off than the average North Korean, but this is getting a little scary. That's how I'd be feeling at least. So.
1: Well, you know, that's why I'm kind of skeptical about what you're saying. It's like, yeah, we might have troops at the border, but we're there with South Koreans and we've been there for almost 70 years now. If we were gonna just roll through that, and take over, I think we would have done I'm it saying. by now. If
3: we weren't there all this time, I think they they probably would have taken the whole country, and then it would have probably collapsed like Vietnam did. And now it would probably the whole thing would probably be like a capitalist, normal, regular country. But they've had us if, to fight against.
2: It doesn't sound like Russia or um, China are going to let North Korea collapse because without them, they already would have collapsed. They're still funneling money, food, technology. China and, definitely and, doesn't
3: want them coming into China, that's for sure.
2: Right. You'd, you'd think they <laughs> China would be more willing to deal with a refugee crisis than a, a mad nuclear <laughs> or a madman with nukes, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's what I would prefer. I
1: think it's only on the assumption that those nukes will never be pointed at them. It's the only reason they tolerate it, because you're right. That's the only reason we're even talking about North Korea right now is because China has been propping them up for decades. And. I- That's really the fundamental problem. I think
3: we've we've, they would have
1: collapsed and imploded like every country of that nature does eventually if they didn't have a huge superpower kind of keeping them. Part of the reason
3: they do that is because China doesn't want us on their border. They like having that buffer zone, and I think we like having the status quo, so we have an excuse to be over there in that part of the world, having the South Koreans and the Japanese listening to us because oh, we've got this threat of North Korea. We better be on the side of America, you know, like, God forbid they don't fall under our control. Yeah, I think,
1: you're well, it, North Korea doesn't help by literally threatening Japan with missiles. You know, if they don't want the U.S. to use that rhetoric against Japan, they could start by not threatening yeah, Japan. And they
3: probably wouldn't have these nuclear missiles if we didn't, like, anyone who gives them up, we fucking kill them. Anybody that tries to work with us, we just invade and destroy their country. <laughs> I mean, it's rational to develop nukes when you, we know what happens when America wants you out.
2: Yeah, but they've also been developing nukes for decades. They've been in this pursuit, and I don't know that America was completely um, – well, it probably were. Well, they were
3: going to give it up. You, you look Bill at, Clinton worked I, out a deal, and then Bush destroyed it.
2: Yeah, I – Oh, this I don't recall. I breaking how,
0: news! Ch- ch- I don't ch- think that was ch- your... Really. Sean Hannity reports. It's I don't know that, that how close really years
2: ago? was that. It <laughs> sounded like they were engaging in, um, you know, bilateral talks. And had, then yeah, Bush came their in. Their but but also, Kim, Kim Il's... Um, I always forget the order. Kim, Kim Jong-il? Yeah, he was the second one, right? Yep. So he he pulled out two... There was a lot of uh, kind of shenanigans on, on their side, um, where they would kind of say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this," and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck you, never mind." Um, and so, I think they're hardly blameless. One thing I, I found interesting is, um, did you hear this? Uh, how I don't know if you know, this, heard of this guy, Victor Cha? Yeah, he was. Um, I think Trump was going to appoint him. Uh, was it in some? Ambassador, Ambassador, but he decided yeah. to. Yes, because he was kind of talking, trying to talk back the war rhetoric, and he was he re- he wrote that book, um, like the Impossible State that I'm like halfway through in six months, so I, I consider myself pretty well read, and uh, but he he talks about how North Korea has this kind of just uh, mindset mentality that the U.S. just doesn't get, or South Korea doesn't get, where they keep making promises to string along, string along, string along and then they pull back and change their mind. But but at the meantime, they're still, while they're making these promises, they're always pursuing their ultimate objectives. They're never actually changing their behavior. But what do you think they're ultimately going to say, Do
3: you think they're actually going to try to nuke the United States?
2: Um, no. but yeah, I, mean, I, think, I don't either. <laughs> but I, I think, think their ultimate goal is to get death. a reunification of north and south korea and i think they're actually think that might be a possibility one day and
0: wait you think that's north korea's goal or i south really south think so? no, no that's north, north korea just wants to stay in power and stay alive and no, stay I, I don't think that has anything to do with the north korean regime's goal the uns or the un there's like one un left i think he's killed like 30 of his cousins um he only wants to stay in power like how he was saying and it, it makes reunification is a obviously something he has to, he uses as a political tool, just like Trump uses parades and walls as political tools. Reunification, obviously, the only way reunification will be acceptable to Kim Jong Un is if he reunifies Wait, yeah. under him. Exactly, yeah. And that's not going to happen. Everyone knows that. So really, it's that. just a political tool. Well, the South no, definitely yeah, I mean, wouldn't exactly. live under him. Well, if it worked, sure, he'd want it. Well, no, but I mean, but I it's mean not even happen.
3: under their control, I, taking on all that debt and all that poverty and misery and, like...
1: Yeah, there would oh, be massive Korea, of influx yeah. of people to the South. It would we be We would have to
3: pay for, like, all of this, probably.
0: Reunification can't happen in in real in realpolitik. It has to just be North Korea becomes less tyrannical and frees up, and then trade opens up, and over time... Whatever you know, or or I actually like what Scott Adams has floated out because it did it. We actually have sort of seen that work in a real way in Beijing, the hundred year plan, where the people today it doesn't affect them in reality. They're literally all dead by the time it comes into into effect, but it provides that relief of. In the future, the generations away from now, we're all going to be okay again, and we're all going to be better once we've had this hundred years to let things naturally progress in the right direction. That seems to actually have worked with the Beijing thing. Yeah, technically they're under China's control now, uh, but Beijing, I mean, I think there's no doubt that Beijing is different than China. Are you talking about Hong Kong? Am I saying the wrong thing? I meant Hong Kong. And I'm not even gonna okay. I'm not even gonna edit that out because that would be really yeah, hard to Because Hong do.
1: Kong makes way I was more sense though, than what I, you're talking <laughs> about.
0: I, I, I was too. I'm like I'm just like Beijing, Beijing, and then I'm like, why am I saying Beijing? I was actually thinking that as whatever. Folks, I'm drinking very highly filled vodka and cranberries. I'm allowed to say Beijing three times when I mean Hong Kong. All right? All right. So yes, I, I obviously mean Hong Kong. Yes, it worked well with Hong Kong. Didn't work well with Beijing. They're still uh, they're still the capital of real China. So yeah.
1: And yeah, you saw West and East Germany. East Germany was drastically yeah, different than West Germany when the wall came down and they began the reunification process. And the East is coming along. there. I don't know what the status is now for the former East versus the former West, but they're definitely uh, pretty normal now, I would guess. You would have to ask a German to know for certain, but it seemed to have happened smoothly. So when they just
3: said the other day that the Berlin Wall has now been down for longer than it was up... I had no wow, idea really? that, it, that it had been up for that long because it came down like when I was a little kid. It's like holy shit! I, I remember I, watching. I, I, it, I thought, when it came I thought it was down. just up for like a few years or something. I didn't realize it was up for like however long, long time,
1: decades. Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, I thought it was up for longer than that. I thought it went up like right after World War II, but I guess not.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know. No, because they, they were. Um, did you ever see that Bridge of Spies movie? It's actually pretty good, but. So they they I kind of exist. See that for a while. It's with Tom Hanks, and it's um, oh I know it's with Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah. so watch it. But yeah, it, came it, it came it came up like probably like ten or fifteen years after I think the end of World War II. You no, know, it was yeah late sixties maybe.
3: I saw Atomic Blonde. That's got the Berlin Wall in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure, it's also historically accurate. All right,
0: accurate. Uh, we're gonna switch topics. Top ten movies with the Berlin Wall in it. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. So a bunch of
3: people in the pride are asking about taxes. I guess
0: there was a lot of tax commentary. I think that would be a good way to uh, have a final topic for the show. So because I'm two seconds from blacking out. So and two one blah. Um, yeah, as far I'm still I'm still not sure how it's affecting my. I know we're getting more money. I think um, at my where I work, they said it would be effective. Either the first or second week of February, so I'm not even my pay, my last paycheck was higher than normal, my, but I also too. worked some overtime and stuff, so I I'm not exactly sure. I can't state if, you know how much it affected me, but I did do the you know some of those calculators, and it didn't. It for me it was uh, you know, eh, it was like six eight hundred hundred bucks over the year. My, is like my paycheck's
3: know. like eighty dollars higher, and I get paid every two weeks. So that's like one hundred sixty dollars a month more I'm taking in.
0: See, my paychecks are always different because I do overtime. And I, uh, every week it's a little different, so it's hard for me to like pinpoint it.
3: Yeah, sometimes my uh, – because I get paid on the 15th, the first and the 15th, so there might be a couple. Uh, it's definitely higher, so but it might be variable. And I also
0: – Oh, we all know it's higher because every single person's tax bracket is lower. And I also so it's not even the question a raise, that's higher. I don't know if
3: it's because of the corporate tax cuts and all those other things going on, but economy and taxes are doing good for me.
0: Here's one thing to to, we can debate as we wind things down. Um, And Brian kind of brought this up on Electric Liberty Land. The idea of you know Jason Stapleton has criticized the tax cut as not being a tax cut. Other libertarians have, and they're correct in the sense that um, I completely agree with this conceptually. Every single dollar of government spending is a tax on the populace. That's a fact. It's actually a tax on the poor the most because. Okay, let's hear it. If they default, it's not. (laughs) Okay, yeah, and that, and I think that's probably the only, real, only realistic way out of it. But on the books, it's a tax on everybody because we're, in theory, all liable for the debt, and they end up inflating, and a- any spending ends up taxing us in some way presently, uh, whether it just means they're inflating more or whatever. So I, I completely understand and respect and agree with that uh, concept, but, however, <laughs> every dollar back in our pockets is good is the other way i would spin that too because it's still uh helping people more directly just like when they when they print new money the banks are the first ones to get it and it benefits them the most well when when Americans and regular people are the first ones to get it that benefits all of us the most the people that are getting it the most so I still think it's overall better for all of us to have more money in our Fucking paychecks that they're not taking ahead of time that we can do whatever we want with that we can trade with and that i think you're gonna you see a better economy on the surface even when there's obviously a lot of underneath the surface problems but no matter what i'm always gonna agree that even when spending is not going down sending more money back not sending like letting us just not lose more money on the on the front end of that process that's always better yeah any disagreements
2: you want to be ahead of the kind of like inflation curve and you have the opportunity to be that or do that if you get the money like you said you you keep your own money and then you can i mean if you just put it in the bank account or dig you know dig a hole and put it in the ground, well clearly you're going to be behind that curve, but try to think of clever and ingenious things to do with it, put it in cryptocurrency or whatever, and then you know that hundred dollars you. Have today could be worth a thousand dollars in a year, or you lose. Could also be worth
0: two cents, depending on what when you invested
2: in. Everything's going up. Don't listen to the news. You'll be a millionaire in six months.
3: The dollars lost like ninety five percent of its value. (laughs) That's a real shit coin.
2: Yeah, I love that stat. Like, if what was it? The dollar is worth or a dollar in a hundred years ago is worth a nickel today. Something like that, and it would
0: definitely be known as the biggest shit coin yeah, that
2: exists. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I kind of want to get some, some of that worth, worthless Ron Paul coin. Even though it's you know it's just a, you know it's not a serious cryptocurrency. It's just like a
0: token named after. Some would say no cryptocurrencies are serious cryptocurrencies. Now that I've learned more about it, I agree that a lot of them are probably going to be nonsense, but. W- the technology of blockchain I, I mean that seems to really have real world applications outside of the currencies so you know, just like you've talked about, Howie, privately with a lot of us, you know, those those coins that have real-world useful applications like like file storage and that sort of thing, those have a chance to be useful. And, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the currency aspect will also take off, and I think that's possible. Especially um, the privacy But curves, the, this, like the, the usefulness. People to
3: want to buy something and not have the government or someone else know what you're buying, that's, that's useful
0: should monero sponsor us if monero sponsored us would it be an ultimate paradox because everyone the government would know monero sponsored We probably be and- all the <laughs> under surveillance <laughs> yeah yeah if we're not already then we need to step up our game
3: yeah or we'll just keep it the way it is and that- <laughs> that'd be all right too
0: yeah i'm fine with that too <laughs> <laughs> jb any thoughts on texas
1: well of uh- I'll agree with you. I, I always like to see more money in my paycheck yeah, whenever do, I can, doesn't? though. I'm not sure if it's actually gone up. I re- I'll need to check, but I don't really feel like this is a tax cut for me. It feels like a tax deferment and to a point where I'll conceivably be making more money when they increase my taxes even more than they were before. That's a good So I'm a little, I'm a little you torn move to on Rico it. Then. And, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs>
0: I can't wait till we but have yeah. the lines of Liberty Estate in Puerto Rico. Should be done by but next then, month.
1: Like they, People use this as a political tool and I'm really like, a tax cut without a spending cut, I know that's like, so like, Overused and cliched. It's like it doesn't really feel like something to celebrate.
2: When was the last time there was an actual cut, not a cut to an increase, but an actual we're spending this? Well, no, this, this is a
1: this is an actual. Oh, you mean
0: to the spending? Like yeah, never? Yeah. I no, yeah, I mean when,
2: uh, that's what I meant. Uh, when has there actually been a spending cut, like an actual spending cut? Uh, is it ever? I, I don't know. In the last twenty years,
0: according to the people I work with, Trump has been cutting everything drastically. And then I try to explain to them that even the. First of all, nothing's cut been cut, even in the even in the normal aspect that we talk about. But even if even things that were proposed, and even that whole sequester, sh- everything, it's just cuts to formerly proposed increases, which are still increasing. So there's never a cut, literally never a cut. And
3: don't get me wrong, I would love to see cuts. I w- I want cuts yeah, and tax cuts, great. but I'll take a tax cut any day I can get it. Anytime we could keep more money to ourselves and not give it to the government to piss away. Sign me up.
0: Yeah, all I know when the government has my money is I'm not making money on it, and I can potentially make money on it when I have it. That's you know. So what can I ask you a question?
1: Cons- considering that to be the case, how do Republicans keep the reputation of being fiscally conservative when every Republican president in my lifetime who's been in office has not only not cut spending but they increased their hypocrites? It's just
2: lazy. It's just lazy kind Rand of. Journalism Rand Paul was the say only that one to.
3: The Rand Paul is the only one today trying to stop this budget from passing.
0: That's something else we were asked to talk about, and we should, because he's kicking ass. Like, literally, this is not, I don't, it helps him politically, maybe long term with people like us. It doesn't help him politically with regular Republicans who don't care about spending, which is what most of them, most Republicans I know, are don't rage about spending. They're like wall and whatever, you know. They're not like ooh, I, I care that we're twenty trillion in debt. I don't think I've met a human that cares about that outside of our, you know, liberty circle here. So uh, the fact that he's standing up for this, you know, maybe it's part of his stand stand with Rand uh, hashtag or whatever. But you know, i got
3: it's I've awesome. got two thoughts on it. One, best senator ever two where was this ran during the presidential election
0: yeah right well he did talk about the spending things a lot i'll give him that but he wasn't as he wasn't passionate and fiery it was like the presidential election the obviously we've covered this in depth um to the max in fact if newer listeners don't know we did a show called ran Pauluses and minuses for a short time where uh, myself and brian mcwilliams eventually he took it over a little more um broke down Rand Paul during the presidential election. So you can go back and listen to every step of this process along the way by just digging back in your podcast feed, going to lions of liberty.com slash podcast. I think we even have a specific archive. I'm going to find out. Yep. Lions of liberty.com slash Rand. That's where you're going to go. For let's see how long it was. Boom, boom, boom. 2015, over a year, 13 months of podcasts and articles that Brian and myself, and one form or another, did about articles. Rand Paul's presidential campaign. Huh. It started as articles and quickly became only podcasts. Remember when we did articles on our website?
1: <laughs> Vaguely.
2: God, why
0: why we do that? The thing about that seems
1: like so long ago. For
0: every 10 views on an article, you can get 500 podcast views. It's just the reality of the way people consume media nowadays. So we shifted according to what the market told us. That's
3: why I never wrote any. I was just ahead of the curve.
0: You were. (laughs) You were. Or lazy. I don't know. That doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) I think I had a point
0: in here somewhere. Anyway, go listen to the Rand pluses and minuses
2: reading. That's all I'm saying. My dogs are barking. And all the debate recaps. Those were good times.
0: Yeah, I should toss up a little, uh, link for that too, but I don't have one right now. So just look through all our archives. That's all I can tell you. All, all our 2015, 2016 debate recaps guys. I think we've gone long enough for the main show. Do you guys have a little bonus in yet? I have like maybe 10 minutes. Sure.
2: sure. Let's
0: do it. All right. Well, let's yeah, sign off with this left one in the tank. Thank you so much folks for joining us here today. It's been a blast. As always join the pride. If you want to hear what we're going to talk about next, that will remain a mystery for now. You can of course do so by heading over to lions, of liberty.com uh besides that be sure to uh, hit that old subscribe button you don't want to miss brian mcwilliams again this coming wednesday with electric liberty land his look at culture comedy and liberty and of course odie's gonna wrap this thing up on friday well, felony friday man I, that show has been riveting lately i mean it's it's always riveting but the last few if you're not bawling in your car or you're while you're mowing the lawn or wherever you're listening to the show you do not have a soul you really have to check out what, what odie's been doing really fantastic interviews there uh but until next time, folks, Are you ready to live long?
3: it's just one night while you should be working at home.